Hi, it's Adam. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the show. I'm doing this one particularly with no shell, no music, not even a guest to share thanks and also to commemorate a small milestone of mine, which is one year of Authentic Avenue, basically more or less. I think the first episode was September the 9th of 2020. So it's a year of Authentic Avenue, the podcast, but also because we're more or less at one year of Authentic Avenue, the business that came slightly later, but we're close enough. Now I'm doing it with this in mind, that these episodes that I do, they're rarely self-serving. In fact, today is episode number 73, and I've only done one other one where I talk about myself or any of what I have going on behind the scenes, because my mission so far has just been to tell the best stories of others possible. But today I'm going to revert, just because we're on the precipice of year number two, and because I've been thinking a little bit differently about where I'd like to take things. So today I want to do a few things in this special-ish episode. One, introduce myself for the passing listener, if you've just dipped in and out of the show over the past year. Uh, Two, talk about where I've been through this first year and what I've learned both on the media side as well as the entrepreneurial side. And then three, uh, talk a little bit about how I envision the future of this project based on what I have witnessed to date. So if you'll join me um, and let me be self-serving just for today, I'd really appreciate it because I think what will come out on the other side is something which is ultimately better for you. But I like to open up a little bit and be vulnerable, at least here. I'll probably write this up somewhere. Also, maybe a LinkedIn post, something like that. I'm going to keep it here mostly in audio because I know that the folks that really care are the ones that listen to this whole thing. It's not everybody, but I'll leave this for you. So first things first, for those of you who don't really know me, if you're like listen to these first two minutes and you're, you're thinking, what, who, who is this guy? I thought he, why isn't there any CMO? Um, just hang on there with me. Maybe you've tuned into an episode here or there. That's why you got that impression. Uh, I know there's a lot of you like that. So here's a brief introduction. My name's Adam Connor. I've been producing podcasts for the last five years, the last three of which have been in the business world and predominantly with chief marketing officers and like-minded leaders. I also talk to founders and CEOs, uh, niche experts, etc. That journey has taken this craft for me from a personal pursuit to a profession and now to a pouring of persistence and passion into one big potion. And I'm seeing who wants to drink with me. <laughs> um, that final uh, alliterative chapter is where I've put all of my life's effort over the past one year. And so when you take a sip of the content that I produce, whether it's with a Fortune 100 chief marketing officer or a founder focused on sustainability or a fresh college grad killing it in the world of consulting for Gen Z, it's one of my personal favorites, you get a taste of my life. I'm thrilled to be able to share that with you because frankly, most of my time, in fact, even here um, right now is spent staring at sound waves behind a microphone trying to get a mock graduate degree, basically, in brand building from all these experts, all these leaders. And I have to note here that whilst getting this weekly audio education in which I'm both the student and the author of the syllabus, I'm also running a business alongside this. My life is not just these podcasts that you see on most Mondays. It is a production business whereby I'm helping organizations achieve any number of business goals through a thought leadership approach. And I'll talk a little bit about that later on. So also know that 
when you listen to these end products, though they don't directly subsidize my life's work, they are a great endorsement of it. And for that, I am desperately grateful. Truly, I mean that. In fact, I, I say it that way to combine two emotional forces which are frequently at odds when you start your own business. Number one is gratitude, which emanates from the, the privilege that I've had to speak to these leaders and the benefit of tapping into their audience because I essentially become a remora for a day. I literally ride their wave for LinkedIn likes. And desperation, which is inextricably linked to the entrepreneurial journey, which Reed Hoffman is often described as jumping off a cliff and assembling a plane on the way down. I jumped one year ago. And so every week or every day, really, I am desperate for a wing in the form of a win. So that's where I am today. I'm a pilot with a podcast looking for a little lift, let's say. Now that I'm a year into it, I thought to also take a moment here to talk briefly about what that experience means when I'm not speaking figuratively, as I actually have learned a few tangible things both about myself and the market from media. And hopefully that resonates with you too. It wasn't just Adam talking to himself for 20 minutes. He took away something. So uh, let me do that. I'll start with podcasts specifically, just because it's, it's where I've built most of my credibility, at least in a business-facing context. And that is to say this at first. Unless you are a celebrity or come into the medium as an individual with a large pre-existing social following, it is going to be very hard to see success in the podcasting game if your key metric is downloads or listens or to go viral, or to build a mass audience quickly. And you'd think that this is obvious, but the majority of the businesses I talk to, when they hear the word podcast, they think of Rogan's $100 million deal with Spotify. They think about NPR. They think about Barstool. And they think they can uh, maybe not replicate that, but get close. It is weird as a business podcaster to say this, but that is bullshit. And unless you rethink what this medium is and how you can use it, you will never see success from it if you are just going for those vanity metrics. If you are a business, especially if you're a startup or you're an enterprise B2B solutions, podcasts, in my opinion, are not a consumer audience magnet, but they are the best thought leadership vehicle that an organization can have whether it be to humanize executives, whether it be to share progress towards key social or investment goals, whether it be to get in front of dream prospects for future business, the podcast medium is an incredibly underutilized method to build out your own thought leadership, to stand out in an industry crowd by literally writing and producing your own narrative. I'd go as far as to say that the long-form conversational nature of the traditional podcast construct is ripe for disruption and derivative dissemination. Here you go, some more alliteration for you. A 30-minute interview with anybody should be dozens of pieces of content. It should not be one and done. So let's say that you're that healthcare startup. You're desperate to get your name out there in front of the right people. A podcast could be the key to solving your prospect pipeline 
and your content calendar at the same time through the vehicle of thought leadership, not necessarily with the goal of building a mass consumer audience. Of course, this isn't the only answer. There are plenty of other ways to build a brand. I'm just one guy with a microphone shouting the benefits of the very medium that I communicate through. But it is a massive opportunity, which in my opinion is worth the same vigor of effort that other growth vehicles enjoy. All right, off the pedestal. <laughs> That's what I've learned from the, the medium perspective. Here's what I've learned from an entrepreneurial perspective. And the first thing that I've learned, I've probably just proven out here. If you're going to go into business for yourself, you need to be your loudest advocate. There is no more, if you build it, they will come in this world. At least in my opinion, you are owed nothing. You earn everything. And so you need to be churning out content. You need to be leaving comments. You need to be positive. You need to be pitching yourself constantly. So that's number one. All right. I'm doing that right here. And I'll do it when I post this out on LinkedIn or wherever this goes. The second thing is that you'll need to wear a lot of hats in your venture, obviously. And the sales hat is no exception. You, you think here, how about think about this for a second. Do you think if you were running a business, do you think you know about how many businesses you need to pitch to make yourself a, a, a decent living? I, I don't know. Make your business successful. Multiply that number by 10. Seriously, you may have something great. And you may be closing so much business that you think, my God, 10 times more outreach on top of what I do, that would be overwhelming. But what I needed most in my first year and what I'm betting you'll need as well is the maximum number of shots on goal. Chances to prove yourself, your business, your offering, your price point, all that. So wear that sales hat and get used to not taking it off. By the way, that, that extends to business where you do so well that you need to find new ways to scale efficiently and effectively. That sales hat that you think you can just take off because you hired a salesperson, nah, put it back on because now you got to fundraise. So that's number two. And third, probably closely related to the second, is a mantra which I learned from my first boss, my first real mentor in the business world, John. And it has held true through selling newspaper ads to selling million-dollar software to convincing Fortune 100 executives to talk to me, to getting clients. And that mantra is make it happen. This is more than just a mandate. It is a mentality. It's actually, it's a 15-part decree, if you ask John. He actually has it written down. But it's just a necessity more than anything. Like I said before, nothing is given, all is earned. I said something like that. You want to earn six figures or a million dollars, you get 20 clients, whatever it is, make it happen. Put in the work. And by the way, and this is not everybody wants to hear this, but be prepared for the occasional derailment of work-life balance and regrettably even your mental health because you're ultimately you're competing with a hundred other people, a million other people who will work harder than you, do more than you if you let them. Now, I understand even saying that can trigger a spiral. Am I not doing enough? Oh my God, should I do more work? And boom, you burn yourself out. And it is something that you have to actively manage. So I guess I'm really saying, don't get complacent. If you get told no, you cherish it and you find ways around future no. If the extra hour is going to lead to something incrementally better, put it in. So th those are a few things. That's what I've discovered to be helpful to me over the past year. And so yes, 
take it with a grain of salt because it's my story. I'm the one on the microphone and I speak for myself. But I think those elements are crucial. Actually, they're, they're defining where I'd like to take Authentic Avenue over the next year. And so I'll round out with that. I'll round out today by talking a little bit about that. I'll start right here with this podcast once again. Regarding the show, what you're hearing right now, uh, first of all, I'd like to put it into video form, number one, because I think it's just time to add that layer. I think it adds a more engaging element to the conversation. Um, no matter how rich that conversation already is, I just want to add that. And I know I've been weighing it in my head, like if somebody's on camera, are they more aware that they're being recorded? Are they going to be all buttoned up? Are they going to give answers which aren't as authentic, aren't as vulnerable, aren't as real? I'm not sure, but I think it's worth the trade-off. And if somebody's already being vulnerable on audio, they're certainly going to do it if they just if that camera, if the blue light's on the camera. Secondly, I'd like to begin to drift a little bit from the primarily chief marketing officer seat that I've held on to for so long. And that's because as strange as it's going to sound, I wasn't getting the quality of conversation that I wanted from that seat. And it is undoubtedly in part due to my abilities as an interviewer, which by the way, I think they're improving daily, but it is partly because of me. It's also due in part to the fact that a lot of the stories and answers to the questions I've asked on this show have felt really rehearsed, like real, like overly media trained. I get it. You got to play the game a little bit. A lot of these executives represent publicly traded companies, which means that any media appearance they do carries a great deal of liability, a great deal of risk, um, especially if they are in many cases the chief storyteller for the business. I'm in that case, just another outlet for that standard story to be told, especially when you consider how relatively new to the game I am, despite my niche focus, despite the fact that I've done this a few hundred times, I just haven't managed to get beyond the surface with many of the interviews I've done, let's say in the last six months. And I don't want to make this sound like I'm guest blaming or anything like that. I think there's a perfectly rational explanation actually for it, which is let's compare it to last year to 2020. In 2020, if you could get an interview, it was amidst this incredible collective vulnerability that allowed for anyone, regardless of stature, to be a screen away. I was blessed to start this show out with some incredible brand leaders. Marcel Marcandes, CMO of Anheuser-Busch, Marissa Thalberg, CMO of Lowe's, Andrea Brimmer, CMO of Ally Bank, and many, many more to follow. I was just a screen away from there. We were on the same level for that for that 30 minutes we were there. It was actually great for the audio medium because that's what podcasts have been for 20 years. Just a microphone separating, nothing else. Once things in the U.S. started getting back to some level of normalcy, I saw two things happen. One, uh, more traditional marketing came back, more traditional ad campaigns. You're seeing it right now with, with football, right? It's starting to feel, those commercials are starting to feel regular again, what regular was. And so that's the first thing. And then secondly, uh, talent brands have seen this, what I guess is probably an unforeseen strain, which has been called the great resignation. I think LinkedIn does a better job in calling it the great reshuffle. 
And in my opinion, these two trends, while they impact different audiences for a brand, one, their consumers, and two, their employees, actually had a similar compounding effect on the amount of openness and rawness which somebody might have on a topic, like brand authenticity. The focus, as I've seen, has been on getting back to the way things were, which I guess is the good old days of 2019. And as a result, I just think some of these conversations at the top have lost a little bit of luster. So I want to start spreading out. I think chief impact officers are incredibly interesting. I think founders are fantastic. I'd like to get more in the heads of creators and those who I perceive to be closer to the cultural zeitgeist. And generally, I just I want to further showcase those who are unafraid of speaking bluntly to a fault. That's what I really like. And by the way, this is where I'm supposed to say, please write me on LinkedIn or email me. My address is uh, adam at authav.com, A-U-T-H-A-V-E.com. Tell me what you want to hear. Please tell me that. I thrive on that. So that's first. That's the first thing I want to do. Make the podcast feel and look a little different. Secondly, I'd like to build out this podcast as a pillar methodology, which I teased earlier in this little chat, the idea that the traditional long-form construct of the podcast medium should be disrupted beyond its one-and-done nature and should be proliferated far beyond its word and across people's content calendars. So what that means is, um, yeah, because that was a long sentence. What does that actually mean? What that means is I might not have a podcast every single week. I got to figure out like what to do there. I don't know if I'm going to season it out. I'm not sure. I'm going to focus on getting more value from my guests and for myself with the content that I already have. So if I can get a half an hour conversation, normally I would maybe post that on a Monday. Maybe I'd do a clip, but there's a hell of a lot more you can get from that. And that's my intention for the ones that I do. And that'll be great, by the way, for for video, because that just adds another section of content that could be put out. But anyway, that's the plan there. And as I also teased, my plan is to bring this methodology to a few concrete business objectives for organizations which are not, quote unquote, build a big uh, consumer audience. As I said before, I think that's an inefficient use of resources. Namely, I think this thought leadership vehicle should be used for other objectives. And I'd like to start with sales channels and humanizing executives as the first two. So I'm going to pursue those. I've already pursued them a little bit, but... I'd like to continue to do that and prove them out because I think I, I think that this medium can sneakily be like the best sales tactic ever. And I also think that it can be the best way to put a human face on executives that employees right now aren't seeing at all because they're home. But generally speaking, they may never see or see once a year or once a quarter. I just think this is a special place to fill that gap. And I've done studies on that too. I did a study earlier this year on, I put it on LinkedIn. Actually, you can go check that out. Maybe I'll link to it. So that's the second thing. And thirdly, about 20 minutes now, aren't we? I told you I would be. Thirdly, I want to document this experience of running this business a little more openly. I don't know how far that'll go. Uh, I don't know that it'll go as far as like a LinkedIn vlog or something like that, but I've, I've never seen really the story of someone building a business from next to nothing to something in a medium I find easily accessible. So I want to find a solution for that. TikTok, I have no idea. I'm not sure. And finally, this is fourth, I guess, get a bonus, a stretch goal. 
which isn't exactly central to my business, but which I think could be really interesting. I'd like to write a one-word dictionary. If you've listened to a few of my interviews, you've heard me maybe say this once or twice. Uh, After all, I, I focus on this word authenticity so much. I could do a lot better at it, but that's the word I focus on. That's the word I chose. I think I ought to build out an addressable catalog of consumable perspective on the word. And hopefully, I get some honest answers, nothing too buttoned up. And that's it, basically. I'll, I'll close with something that I said right at the top of this. If you have listened to any of my episodes, even one, and especially if you made it to the end of this one, 21 and a half minutes in now, I genuinely, deeply, desperately appreciate you. You keep me sane. You keep me feeling like I provide value to people. You make me feel worth it as like a a producer and provider in the business world. So thank you. Like a million times over, thank you. That's, it's invaluable. I can't, I wish I could describe it in some thoughtfully buttoned up words, but I just, I can't. Maybe if you ever meet, if I ever meet you in person, whoever's listening to this right now, I'll be able to share that. But for now, we'll see what happens in this next year. And maybe I'll come back with another one of these in a year's time. We'll get vulnerable again. But um, for now, I, I'll, I'll finish the way I finish everything else. For now, thanks for taking this walk with me down Authentic Avenue. And then you do the music. So it's like, dan it. Oh, I think I'm going to get new music too. So get psyched for that.